0: Tuned back into the Soul Sense Podcast. And we're back for another one. Okay. I am Kim, your hostess with the mostest. And you have Melvin over here. He is your trusty wingman on the boards. Boards. Or orts. And we are back.
1: How you doing there, Kimmy?
0: I'm tired. How are you? I am. I am. I'm a bit tired. I feel like I've been ripping. I've been running. Um, We're back in the full swing of school. And so trying to get our girls back on track. And this has been my first week back to work. So I know this is almost the end of January. I'm talking about (laughs) getting us back on track. But for those who don't know, here's a tidbit about me. I typically take off a week for my birthday. Okay. And I just recently celebrated my thirty fifth birthday and our daughter, who was born four days before my birthday, just celebrated her seventh birthday. So coming down off off of the celebration, I'm trying to get back into the swing of things. That's how I'm doing. Trying <laughs> to trying to. Cool. How you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm I'm good. Uh very busy again at work.
0: Uh folks will be like he yeah, always busy. I know. Oh, Sorry, I was y'all. not he just you know they be yawning. Baby? Y'all. He just yawning. <laughs> uh
1: yeah, I'm I'm pretty busy at work, but um good busy, just a, a lot of meetings, a lot of planning sessions and stuff like that. So I feel like there's some light at the end of the tunnel. I don't mind being busy as long as I'm not busy correcting inefficiencies you know what I mean mm. if I'm busy creating then that's that's why I, why I'm creating
0: there. inefficiencies no
1: creating Ow. creating <laughs> things building things <laughs> architecting things okay. that's what i' that's what I'm there for not fixing inefficiencies
0: okay uh, <laughs> Well, guys, um, we're going to talk about a hot topic. (laughs) I didn't want to do the upbeat one because, you know, you all probably have known because this has been like the main story over the past few days. But we have lost a basketball legend, Kobe Bryant, uh, who passed away in a helicopter with uh eight other people, one of those people including his thirteen year old daughter, Gianna. And we've been discussing it off and on over the past couple of days, would you say? Yeah. As much as we probably can handle at one time. I know when I got the news, well, I didn't didn't nobody send me the news. <laughs> okay. I'll say when I got the news like I'm <laughs> like I'm part of the media. No, nobody sent me no news. But um, Sunday afternoon, you know, it was morning on the West coast and, uh, that's when the crash happened, but it was afternoon for us. I was, uh, taking my typical Sunday nap or rest siesta and, uh, just scrolling through Facebook and happened to see that somebody was like, somebody said something like, please list just the ESPN. If ESPN doesn't confirm it, I don't believe it. And I'm like, what are they talking about? So then I go down to the comments and I look and I see somebody is like, what you talking about? What you talking about? And then it starts to unfold that it's Kobe. He, he died and and all this stuff. So, of course, I start Googling. I run out to the uh, living room and I ask Melvin, did you hear? Did you hear about Kobe? And then from there, the story has just been developing. More information came out. At first, it was just Kobe. Then we find out that his daughter was in the uh, crash. Then we find out it was five people. Then they say it's nine people. And then the identities of the people start coming out. And it's almost like the story gets worse and worse and worse. Every time. It's like layered.
1: Yeah. How did, so I found out kind of in the same way. I just was online and I saw somebody say, I saw like a video and I didn't watch the video. I just saw like the title of it mm-hmm. that said, rest in peace, Kobe. And I was like, man, they're a trick. Because, you know, every week they killing somebody off. And then I went to ESPN. And I didn't see anything on ESPN. And I went to, uh, uh I don't know, some other thing. And then I, I went to, there's like a text thread with my uh, frat brothers. And I start getting all these notifications. And I looked and they were talking about it. Mm. And so right after that, you came out and said something. And I was like, man, this is crazy. Um, So your first reaction, you were pretty emotional about it.
0: I pretty much cried, like, the whole day. And it, it shocked me because, let's be real. I Okay, little known fact. I played basketball in middle school and high school, and I grew up in the era of Michael Jordan. That was my favorite basketball player. And so when Kobe Bryant came along talking about he was going to be the best player and he was better than Jordan and all these things like that, I didn't really like him as a basketball player. Mm -hmm. Now, never to take away that the man was a great basketball player. Melvin, I'll tell you, him and Reggie Miller to this day, well, rest in peace. Kobe Bryant, but Reggie Miller especially. I cannot stand Reggie Miller because he was always an opponent of Michael Jordan. So those two men were people who, though I respected their game, they were not my favorite basketball player, Mm -hmm. okay? And so I was surprised as to why I was so emotional. Mm -hmm. But I guess because, A, he was so young, Uh the fashion that he passed away, and then to find out that he had a daughter that was with him. Right. And just to think about all the things that they just had a new child and he has other kids, he has a wife and just really, I will have to say that I really grew a respect for him actually as retired Kobe. Yeah. Because it seems like he really was like settling down and it almost made me feel like him being on the court was really a persona that Mm -hmm. he played. So he could be like, what they said Mamba mentality. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like he retired and he was like, okay, I mean, he was really like a stay at home dad type. Yeah. You know? So I was really digging retired Kobe. Right. You know what I'm saying? He was making his rounds, being very inspirational. And so here in the last few years, it's just like he been Kobe. You know right. what I'm saying?
1: I I definitely was not a Kobe fan, just like I wasn't a Jordan fan. Now, so man, I'm a what,
0: watch your mouth. Listen, I'm a cash watch fan, your so. mouth.
1: I'm a Cavs fan, and so I've always uh, had a reason to not root re- now. But I've always respected those players, and yeah. ultimately, I did become a Jordan fan just because he just was so cold. Yeah. And for Kobe, um, regardless of if I was a fan or not, I definitely enjoyed watching him play because he just was a beast, man. Like, mm-hmm. and and I, I enjoyed watching like his tenacity and. His like unapologetic.
0: Every just, time he would yeah, think something, I'd yeah, be like, look at him yeah. out there scoring. And buckets. so
1: that yeah, that almost gives you like even more of an affinity for somebody, even when you don't like them as a player. Because it's not like you don't like it's you really you're just a hater because they just yeah. so cold. Yeah. And they rip your heart out so much. Um so I've I've always Yeah, I've never been a Kobe Bryant fan, but I've always been a Kobe Bryant admirer because of, he just was so cold, man. Yeah, you can't can't take that away. You cannot take that away. And, um, yeah, and, and, you know, it, yeah. But I didn't get, all I kept saying was, this is crazy. And just thinking, like, this is so sad. And then I started watching some old interviews with him, and it just seemed surreal. It seemed Mm -hmm. like, I'm listening to this guy and he is no longer here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it really started to make me think like, honestly, I think basketball, the way he was trending, it was like basketball was going to be the smallest part of his life.
0: Yeah. Because
1: yeah. he was he was fully embracing this life post-basketball mm-hmm. and – was really putting things into place to have impact, like yeah. writing books, like po- directed to kids. Um, it it seemed like yeah. he was just different, and he didn't seem like a bitter Mm-mm. ex-player, like when LeBron broke his record, he sent him messages and stuff like that, and, you know, he seemed like a guy who was completely uh, at ease with the the fact that he was retired, and mm-hmm. I'll tell you one thing that was cool. I can't even remember where I heard it from, but um, they were saying, like, you know, the fact that Kobe could be at peace um, as a retired player was because of how he played the game. Mm-hmm. Um, he went out there and, like, put it, answered every call, basically. Mm-hmm. So when he came into the league, he was a, you know, high school guy coming in. And uh, making the uh, All Star game, All Star team, and he wasn't even starting. Mm -hmm. And they were like, so he had to come back the next year and prove that, hey, y'all are hating on me, Mm -hmm. but let me show you how cold I am. And then they start talking about the championships. So let me go ahead and answer that call. Mm -hmm. Then Shaq leaves. Oh, he only won because of Shaq. He had to come back and work hard and answer that next call of, Mm -hmm. I can win without Shaq. And then, you know, just continuously always putting something like something being put in front of him that he had to work really hard and stay focused and be tenacious and go after it and like you said when he came into the league um and this is another good point that they made that he so most people like you think about LeBron and different people they kind of try to um Downplay the Michael Jordan thing, right mm-hmm. uh, you know, I could just you know Michael is the greatest it, they'll they'll try to downplay it, and they'll try to like shift the goals so nobody can really compare him to that impossible task, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, but Kobe fully embraced it and was like, nah, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to be the next great and mm-hmm. and didn't shake away from that challenge, and it just kind of showed his Mentality, you know what I'm saying? That's an impossible task. Nobody gonna be another Jordan, just like it's never gonna be another Kobe. But the fact that he took it on just kind of showed his personality. And when you live life like that, then you it's really hard for you to have regrets on the other side. Because mm-hmm. you could be like, I squeezed every last drop out of the 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 sponge or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then you could just go out and and not have any regrets. Whether he would have won. Six titles or no titles, Mm -hmm. I still feel like he would have went out the same way of like, Mm -hmm. I put it all on the line. So that was cool. Um, And that kind of bounces us to another part of like, you know, what he left behind.
0: Yeah. Well, one of the observations with that is that (laughs) have you noticed that typically when something like this happens, you expect people in that that social circle to be very upset. Mm -hmm. So like he's a basketball player. So you would expect other athletes to be like his past teammates, his past coaches, you know, people that's in that sports world. Of course we expect them to be very devastated. But I think that what has really, what really started to really like really pull at me even more is how impactful he was to people from many different walks of life. Right. And I think that goes back to what I was saying about how shocked I was, how hard I took his, his um, passing. And I see that I'm not like, I'm not by myself. Like I've seen many interviews of people who are in, a totally different field than him talk about how he has touched their lives somewhere. I, um, for the, you probably don't know this, but the real that's the show that Tamar Braxton was on, but she no longer on it anymore, but they were talking about it. And you know, the Maori twin sisters, Tia and Tamara, one of the twins is on that show and she broke down and started crying on that show because she was like, she first met him. First off, they're the same age, and that she first met him when he first got drafted. They were nineteen, and he was on. He had like a cameo on Sister Sister, mm-hmm. and she goes back and talks about when he was nineteen years old and how humble he was, and how though he only had a couple of lines, he was just so dedicated, so focused, so intentional about his little few little lines he had on there. Popular show, Sister, Mm -hmm. Sister. And that's one of many stories, you know, like to hear how many paths, how many lives were touched by this quote unquote basketball player. There have been other people who have been good, like Kobe, who have passed away, have had things happen to him. But I never have seen so many people from many different walks of life affected by his death. And even regular people, people who haven't, don't even watch basketball, never watch basketball, are toe up about it, you know? And so me and Melvin were talking about just this, and we were just talking about, it's because of the legacy that he left. And so we want to talk about like legacy with spirituality, you know, and just like, there's things that we can observe from the passing of Kobe Bryant. And so we want to tie that into a spiritual component.
1: Right. So I think one, one thing that is really obvious is the legacy that he left in terms of, of his kids. You know, it, it looks like he was, you know it it is when his once it and you said this once his children get over like the initial shock and they get to sit back and think as time goes by the memories that they'll have is the moment his dad the moment daddy got out of sports he was pouring into at least from the outside looking in it looked like he was very intentional about being there for his family mm-hmm. um he's done many different interviews where he indicated that that was his new focus yeah even the way he he died was going and being there to support his daughter so you know that that's invest he was making investments into into their future you know into his legacy through them making sure that he left an imprint Mm -hmm. um what are some other things that you have heard just in terms of legacy wise
0: well, um, I was mentioning to Melvin like a correlation. Um, and it's funny because I was reading today in a book that our church is reading um, and it's over the book of Philippians. And for anyone who is um, not familiar with Philippians, when Paul is writing that letter to the disciples in Philippi, he is actually imprisoned. And he gives some of his language language. Leads us to believe that he feels like he's at the end of his life, and you know, just human nature you'll be thinking, like, okay, if I were to be put in jail, would I be thinking about advancing the kingdom of God, right? Um, if I'm at the end of my life, you know, now this is after Paul has had a great mission, like been on the mission field his ministry has been good and he could easily kick his feet up. Cause I mean, Hey, I'm in jail. What can I really do behind right. these, in these chains? But instead he is diligently writing letters. He is like encouraging disciples, like to all the different churches that he has planted or helped planted influenced. And you know, all these things, you know, he's still working to the very last minute. Like as long as I'm here. And I want to say it even said, like, you know, on one hand, he talks about how if he were to pass on, then he would be with Christ. But if he's here, then that means that he still got to keep going. Right. And he says that it's fruitful labor, labor. And so likening that to Kobe, it's like most people, and we know, we know retired professional athletes that have done this. Like they have retired from their respective sport and they kicking it. You know what I'm saying? They kicking it, okay? And they just like, hey, I done did my thing. I'm about to enjoy life. Um, But Kobe didn't do that. Kobe actually didn't even do what a lot of the typical well spoken athletes did and go into sports casting. Right. Like he was actually carving out his own lane. Mm -hmm. And it was like he was really getting started on the second half of his life. Right. And so to me, when I think about that and I line that up, like Kobe and Paul it makes me think like you know am I working and making the most of every little bit of time that I have right you know
1: yeah definitely I think the way that he approached life uh is is really really kind of like a blueprint for if anything that you're serious about and that you find important how you should approach it. You can tell the way he played basketball, he was concerned with the legacy he left in the game. In yeah. the way that he lived his life afterwards he was. Mm-hmm. And he he showed that by being like tirelessly dedicated to it, honing his skills, sharpening his uh fixing weaknesses, all of those different things and um you know being fearless in his in in his, in relentless in his goal um uh, in his approach to it. Um and, and I think you can definitely parallel that to to what you said with Paul. Uh, I, I also think that something we can take from, from Kobe and kind of look at it for our own lives is start to think about, like, what is our legacy? Like, mm. what are we, number one, are we focused on leaving a legacy? Yeah. Regardless of of what that legacy is, are we focused? Do we are we intentional in our decisions knowing that they will ring out forever? Or are we just kind of floating through life? Yeah. Um when you are at work, you know, are you thinking, okay, if today was my last day, what would these people say about me? Mm-hmm. You know, would they say Melvin was a hard worker? He was a, you know, friendly guy. Um, or would they say negative things? Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, if the most important thing as a disciple, that should be, that's the most important thing to me. Mm-hmm. And if you look in the scriptures, it says like, "You die to yourself; mm-hmm. your old self dies, and the new self is re- is is brought back." Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and so that new self has a new identity, taking on the identity and the likeness of Christ. And so, my legacy, what I leave behind with people would recount about me if I were never to come back again, should really surround that. That should be the first thing on their lips. Mm -hmm. And if that's what my focus is, how how am I conducting myself at work to make sure that that's the case? How am I honing my skills in the off season to make sure that when it's game time at work, I can react accordingly. Mm -hmm. If something happens that makes me tempted to react negatively or Whatever else, how do I hone my, my skills to make sure that I still, regardless of whatever else comes, leave that imprint on people?
0: And, you know, it's, it's really biblical. Like, have you, well, let's think about it in the Bible. So legacy is something that is, and, and it's funny that we're talking about this because this morning during my quiet time, or maybe it was yesterday. Actually, it was yesterday. I've started going back and reading. I've been reading the Gospels. And I, I started in Matthew. And um, Matthew starts out with the genealogy of Jesus. And it starts from Abraham and it goes all the way up to Jesus. And of course, there's lots of genealogies in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament and stuff like that. And I don't know about you, but I can like just read over these names. Mm-hmm. Such and such had this son who had this son who had this. I could just I can just read over those things. But why is that in the Bible? Like and that's what I marked. I was like leg I was like I literally wrote generational legacy matters. Right. Like it matters. Like family matters. Like cuz why else is dun, 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 it important? Dun, sh- huh? Why else is it important To like list all this Like genealogy in the lineage Of people you know And then there's scriptures like in Proverbs 13 32 that talks about um, I have it right here. It says a good man leaves an inheritance to his grandchildren, but the sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. Now I think at first glance, cause I hear a lot of people using this like term generational wealth and stuff. And I've mentioned this before, but it's bigger than wealth. Cause that's really like the low lining, lying fruit. It's legacy. Like it's really setting up a lineage for your family. And that's really what it is. I, I believe if, If Kobe did like, you can tell how important his legacy is because so many people are impacted. Like I am sitting here telling you right now as a basketball fan, when he came out wearing, when he was in number eight, I couldn't stand him because I was so used to like the Jordan player and stuff like that. He was a showboat and all that stuff like that. But I could not deny his greatness. Mm -hmm. I just didn't like him because he was going up against my favorite player. But the boy, the man was good. Mm-hmm. And then he switched to 24, he became even better. And then like, we see all this different stuff. It's like, you cannot deny the impact that he had, not just on basketball, but on people's lives. Right. And so to me, it's just kind of like, I think about that. I think about, um, the Bible talks, like we hear so much, even like talking about a Paul, like how are we able to even know about a Paul 2000 plus years later. Right. A king David. Like 2000 plus years later. Like we have these great heroes of the faith because of the legacy that they left. Right. And they not that they were perfect individuals, but they were they were intentional and impactful in what they did.
1: Right. I think you know to set the the Kobe Bryant part aside, I think it's when things like this happen it's really important for us to just look internally and like ask these real questions. Like how, what are we doing and what is our legacy and make sure that it aligns with what you say your importance is. You know what I mean? Where your, your values are. Uh, When it comes to our kids, there's a scripture here and this is cool. What you talked about, like why do they Generational uh, legacy is important. Um, In Deuteronomy, Six, uh, five through seven. it says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words I command you shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk to talk of them when you sit down, sit in your house. And when you walk uh, by the way and when you lie down and when you rise, this idea of being intentional in passing down this your love for God mm-hmm. down to your children. Uh, and, you know, it being, you know, this is the thing we're passing down, and that's really our legacy, what we leave behind, more than a 401K and a inheritance. You know, the Bible says don't lay up treasures that some, the thief can come in and steal. There's a scripture in um, Ecclesiastes, I think it is, where they talk about, where I'll paraphrase, it's basically, you know, you save up.
0: That's Ecclesiastes too. Yeah, you
1: save up all this money and, and your kids just run through it. Mm-hmm. You want to leave a legacy that's going to be lasting. And as a disciple, we understand, like, spirituality, like, that's the thing that we could pass down. First, we got to make sure we're together, but then we want to pass that down. And I think that is very important to think about nowadays because I think, you know, I've seen culture shifts in in church at different times to where sometimes we could be almost worldly in the idea of how we're, like, what we're doing to to make sure our kids are okay in the future. I can struggle with it. Like, we want our kids to get good grades, yeah. be well-behaved, get set them up so they have a good future and a good job, take care of themselves, all those things, right? But if tomorrow you had the choice of your kid being the most successful person in the world or in, in burning and in, in not making it to heaven, or I guarantee you, your child is going to make it to heaven. They're just going to be not successful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, that's hyperbole. But you, of course, you would choose for them to make it to heaven. And that, I'm, what I'm not saying is you don't pay attention to those other things, but I'm saying those can't be the the main thing. And so as we're making decisions on what is essentially our main legacy as parents, we got to make sure that those decisions are aligned correctly. Mm-hmm. Like if, if it's something really good for their education, but it's going to hurt something spiritually, well, then that's out of whack. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So, when I talk about like being intentional, making sure that we're lining up, we're passing, we're, we're investing in our children, but make sure that our investment aligns with our values mm-hmm. and that our values align with the scriptures.
0: Now, that scripture that you referred to, I'll just read it for the people. It was like, some people work wisely with knowledge and skill then must leave the fruit of their efforts to someone who hasn't worked for it. This, too, is meaningless. It's a great tragedy. And so, um, yeah, that's what that scripture is. That's Ecclesiastes 2.21. And in some translations, it talks about the person kind of swindles it away. You've worked yeah, all your life for it. Everything. Yeah. yeah, And so, yeah, I mean... I am definitely praying for the family. I'm praying for the whole Bryant family because, um, not just the Bryant family, all of the families affected by this crash, you know, um, like we said, as more of the story developed, it's almost like another layer got added on and it was getting worse and worse and worse. And so I pray for the families, um, the husbands who lost wives and children, the children that lost their parents um everyone everyone that was affected um and so we just wanted to come excuse me guys (laughs) we just wanted to come on here because you know this has been a a hot topic in our our household um and it's been on the news left and right you know and so i felt like you know we're always trying to both of us are trying to always trying to find a spiritual component in everything. Right. Always, you know, there's always spiritual things all around us. So, anything else, Millie?
1: Just um, yeah, just leaving it. Last thing to leave you with is just uh, think about your legacy. Think about the legacy you're leaving, and you know, work on it today because tomorrow is, isn't promised. That's that's what the thing that I saw is like. Gosh, man, you gotta work like it's your last day, because it may be. And don't leave anything unsaid. Don't leave an "I love you" on the table. Don't leave a a kiss to your kids on the table, a reconciliation. Like, man, it's it's. There's no going back yeah. after that, you know. Mm. But that's it.
0: Yeah. Well, guys, you know this. Typically, not us to have a kind of solemn, kind of (laughs) gloomy podcast episode, but we just felt like it was necessary to talk about this. And so anyways, um, we thank y'all for listening in, and let us know what your thoughts are. You know, what, you know, uh, if you... um, Want to take some time and leave in the comments any of your greatest Kobe memories or something like that? Even if it's like me, who's like, You're going against Michael Jordan, you know, <laughs> 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 or not, you're not better than Michael Jordan. How dare you get the number 24? I remember when he got that. I was like, Who does that? Anyways. <laughs> All right. But anywho, guys, you've been listening to the Soul Sins Podcast. I am Kim, your hostess with the mostest. And Melvin, your trusty wingman, is over on the boards. Booyah. And we will catch you next time. Bye. Peace.